0: Well, what I want to do starting today is to give you glimpses into these revival tides by sharing just briefly uh, the stories that reveal what happens in revival tides. Going back to the first one, which happened in Scotland in the middle of the 16th century. So why is this important? I believe we're about to come into another revival tide. And it's good to know that there have been a lot of these before, and we ought to be able to learn from them. You know, what good are they? What happens in them? Why do they happen? You know, we ought to try to get some perspective about this so that we can flow with what God wants to do. So there have been all of these revival tides that are really a kind of fresh Pentecost. It's like um, Pentecost and the things that followed did not end with the book of Acts, but God kept doing those things. And so they became revival tides, and, and things happened. God's presence, through the power and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, has kept on going and so this pattern of revival tides that i've been talking about in my last few videos um started in scotland as a unique pattern where certain things happen and then there will be a a an a ebbing away of the tide and then flowing back and those things happen all over again so Uh, it's important that this is the way God um, manifests and advances his kingdom. Now, the reason why this is important for Scotland in the 16th century is that the, the, the church, the Roman church, had redefined the kingdom of God. So Jesus had said, wait in Jerusalem until you receive power from on high. But then the Roman church invested in worldly power. And so I talk about a new kind of Christianity in that time, which which I call power and might Christianity. It's it's the, the Pope who's the the head of a system, a man-made system, a religious system, and he links up with a king, and the two are going to grow in worldly power and influence, but not the Holy Spirit, which is how Jesus... Uh, said he would advance his kingdom. All right, so the kingdom is being redefined and redesigned by the Roman church. And, um, you know, I'm reminded of Lord Acton's uh, famous saying, uh, power tends to corrupt and absolute power corrupts absolutely. And that's what happened. If you trace that power and might Christianity on through the Middle Ages, Terrible corruption uh, in the Roman Catholic Church in the Middle Ages. So God had to do something, and what he did was not just to create a Protestant church. So um, this is what almost all church historians have looked at. They've, They've seen the transition from Catholic to Protestant. But I am saying something deeper was happening. It was a transition out of power and might Christianity and into the original version of Christianity, which was by my spirit, based on Zechariah 4, verse 6, where God says, not by power nor by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. So that's what he was doing, drawing his people to renounce one kind and one approach to the kingdom of God, and saying, no, that's not my will, this is my will, we're going to go with the Holy Spirit. So, God began to pour out the Holy Spirit in a fresh Pentecost, or what we're calling the first of the revival tides. And, man, uh, the things that happened then, we just haven't read about in the history books. You know, these things have been forgotten. So one of the things was how the Holy Spirit began to come out and convict people of sin. Um, actually, there are two things that that I mention in my chapter on this, um, several chapters, actually. One is conviction of sin, and the other is the gift of prophecy. And both were manifesting... Um, in Scotland in that period. So uh, it's like God is saying, look, this is what I want to do. Not that, this. And so uh, the first guy that, that began to manifest these things was George Wishart. And he was the central person in the very first Revival Tide. Um, George Wishart was a uh, preacher trained in France, but then he came back to his home country, Scotland, and began preaching in Scotland, and one of the first places was in Dundee, and that was where he first began to manifest the gift of prophecy as well. He he told the people of Dundee that there was a, um, a period of darkness and struggle that was going to come uh, to Dundee very soon. And uh, but he preached the gospel there and uh, and prophesied, and then he went down to uh, the southwestern part of Scotland, uh, what we call Strathclyde, and he preached there. Now he was opposed this whole way by Cardinal David Beaton, who um, did not want to have want to have anything to do with him. Um, And and what you see, we're we're starting a pattern here. We're going to see it over and over and over and over that people who start manifesting the Holy Spirit are regarded as enemies of the church and as fanatics. And so they are going to be opposed and the churches are going to be all closed to George Wishart and uh, he's going to have to go out and preach in the open field. So that's what he does. And he preaches uh, out there from from the word of God. And people are really hungry for this. They really want to know what, what the Bible says. He's preaching in, um, he's, he's interpreting the, the Bible in their own language. And he's preaching to them in a way that they can understand. And so this is the first uh, example that we have of a person coming under conviction of sin, and his name is uh, Lawrence Rankin, Lord of Sheol. And uh, John Knox found this so fascinating, that someone who has a reputation as the most wicked person in the land, and that's kind of the way this this Lord or Laird was, he just had a reputation, and and God in in these revivals, often would go to the person with the worst reputation and they'd get convicted and converted. And that's what happened with Lawrence Rankin as George Wishart preached in this area of Strathclyde. Um, Lawrence Rankin uh, began to weep at the top of his lungs, probably fell to the ground. He was convicted of sin. And John Knox says this of him, the tears ran from his eyes in such abundance that all men wondered. His conversion was without hypocrisy, for his life and conversation witnessed it in all times to come. And, and that was, that's the beginning of, of a revival tide, and it, it grows from there. And so you have what came to be, be known as spiritual awakening, so it's, God just does something. He's, it's, it's his power. It's, it's not the power of worldly religious structures, but this is the power of God flowing direct from heaven to earth and people being converted like this, even if it is un- they're unlikely people. You get the idea. So George Wishart is um, he's he's going to be regarded by the church as an enemy. And yet, look what's happening. People are being converted to Christ by directly encountering Jesus himself. And that's the important thing about this, that um, Jesus himself is coming to Scotland. And we're going to see this again and again in Scotland, that people are getting the idea that Jesus is real. And he is the king and uh, they don't need the pope quite as much as they thought they did because they've got Jesus Himself making His presence felt by the Holy Spirit, and um, and they're learning to listen to Him. And so then He's speaking prophetically through their leaders. And so David Beaton is not going to put up with this. He's going to arrest George Wishart and uh, and and. Try him as quickly as 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 he could, and put him to death. And he's going to not only hang him, but he's going to set him on fire just to make sure he is dead. And before uh, George Wishart uh, expires, he's going to give two prophecies. And the the prophecies were these: this realm shall be illuminated with the light of Christ's gospel. That was the first prophecy. The second prophecy was that Cardinal Beaton would be dead before the month was out. And both of those things happened. You know, prophecy is can be tested, it should be tested. And um, either it does come to pass or it doesn't. And if it does, it's probably from the Lord. And if it doesn't, it probably was not. So both of those were true, as was Um, By the way, the prophecy uh, over Dundee, they they had um, a terrible plague that came in there. uh, uh, George Wishart went to Dundee, preached the gospel there, ministered prayer to the people. They began to discover that there was power in the Lord himself and the Holy Spirit was working. Now, the details... There's a long time ago, the details are a little sketchy, but we know the basic facts, and that fact is that God was pouring out his spirit in Scotland, and so much of what happened then has been forgotten, so that's why I want to tell the parts that have been missing in the record, okay? And I believe it's important because we are moving towards another revival tide.